Hello, I'm Mary Spicer, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Behind Fashion. In this unprecedented time, the fashion industry, like so many other industries, is in distress. People around the world have joined together to demand the social and racial justice that we all deserve, and no industry is exempt, and the hard work will continue. I created this series so that we could support one another as we move forward in the new fa fashion landscape in a thoughtful and collaborative manner. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to introduce you to some wonderful people behind the scenes in fashion, directors, designers, producers, and so many more. During this webinar, I will be taking questions from the audience. If you are watching live or at a later date, you can certainly email me your questions, mary at jamproductionsco.com. With the virus that discourages the interaction of people and the touching of clothing, what does the future hold for the fashion industry? And how are our roles changing? I look forward to collaborating and sharing our ideas and journeys as we move forward in this new world. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce all of you to Mr. Patrick Mueller of Control Group Productions. Patrick was born and raised in Colorado, and he started dancing in college, designing his own major in performance arts at Pomona College in California. In 2002, Patrick moved to New York and joined Troika Ranch Dance Theater, a leading live interactive technologies dance company using sound, video, and lighting that is created or triggered by the dancers on the stage. He spent a year on a graduate fellowship at Ohio State University studying theater, sculpture, and the German language. After that, he crossed the pond to work with a German company called Mancopy Dance. And there he worked with Ben Rapey, an award-winning choreographer and dancer. In 2008, Patrick returned to Colorado, founding Control Group Productions and the Packing House Center for the Arts. In 2011, the center was replaced with Workspace Denver. In 2011, Patrick also took a break to go to Virginia, where he attended Hollins University Graduate School, earning his master's in fine arts in dance composition and theory. While there, he worked closely with Tommy DeFrance, who is a Duke University dance program professor, John Jaspers, the founder of the John Jaspers Projects and Studio located in Manhattan, as well as Elizabeth Zimmer, who was the dance editor for The Village Voice for over 20 years, as well as many other production, uh, other publications. Ooh, I am a production person. Patrick taught at the formerly known Dance Space Center now Gibney Dance in Manhattan, Red Rocks Community College, Naropa University, Colorado Conservatory of Dance, the Open Dance Project in Houston, Texas, Joffrey Summer Intensive in Denver, Dance Initiative in Carbondale, Colorado. He also performed in 2016's Sweet and Lucky, which sold out for a 12-week run of immersive performance scenes in a 16,000 square foot warehouse in Denver, Colorado. Patrick choreographed 2016's Tiny Utopias, a commissioned dance theater work for Open Dance Project in Houston, creating dance based on queer futurity theory and resistance movements in the arts and culture from the 60s to the 80s. 
He choreographed 2017's The Wild Party, an immersive musical by Off Center at the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, creating dance sequences and off-script activities for over 200 guests. He co-directed and performed 2017's Rausch, an outdoor immersive odyssey with Catamounts Theater Company out of Boulder, Colorado. He directed 2017's Never Home, presented in partnership with the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver. Denver Home was a nomadic site work turned media depiction of refugee travel experiences into a journey through multiple local sites. In 2018, he directed Solace, an intimate immersive live experience turned into experimental and experiential film. 2019's Aggregate Immateriality, an immersive journey through 15,000 square feet of catacombs created in the basement of an abandoned North Denver slaughterhouse. In 2020, he directed The End, a bus tour of the apocalypse through Denver, which has been postponed. Also this year, he directed Cavalcade, a multi-site live drive-in, also postponed. Patrick offers consultations for immersive outdoor productions, audience mobile event structures, immersive performance tactics, and location scouting. Thank you, Patrick. So nice to see you. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Mary. It's lovely to be here. That is a lot to go through. And can I just say, um, well, first of all, cheers to all of that. I see you got your mug. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> you're in Denver, so I dropped it off. Wow, these are things that really, what, what people would say is they're not in our wheelhouse. Um, we work together quite often. We'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but it's a whole new world. It's a, it's a whole new world and um, you're just such a, a big person in the scene here in Denver, Colorado. Um, and before we get into it, I do wanna just step back for a quick second. Um, with the pandemic and everything, how are you and your family doing at this time? All things considered, we are fine. We're, I, I still have employment. Um, our six-year-old has a wonderful full-time homeroom teacher in my wife. Um, uh, she's not always ecstatic about that role, but it's lovely that, yeah, her, her work basically disappeared. Um, she's on unemployment and um, we're, we're managing um, fairly smoothly so far on that level. Um, He's hyperactive and just super excited about friends and outdoors, and that has been really hard to, uh, yeah, to not not be in school, to not have playdates. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you know, in terms of a situation to weather a pandemic, um, we're doing okay. We're doing right. fun. Oh, that's that's really great. And um, when I I just have to say a quick story. I know I keep going off topic, but when I dropped off the mug, I I got out of the car and I was like, what what is that sound? And it took a couple times, and I realized is that is that a rooster? It was a rooster. <laughs> Our, yeah, we are in a quiet little corner in North Lakewood that uh, um, sometimes you hear Colfax traffic and sometimes you hear roosters and. Um, there are also, uh, we get duck eggs from that, the same house across the street that has the rooster and um, every once in a while I get to see, I think they have a goat. Um, it's, oh. it's one of the original farm properties out here. Oh. Um, and, that was amazing. You yeah. don't hear that. Not really. <laughs> I know that there's like 
urban farming and things, but, and to close it out, it, it was just, it was a shock. I got out, I, uh -huh. I just didn't know what was going on. It's like, am I near the zoo? I'm nowhere near the zoo. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, so to, to go over everything that I was saying, it's a lot, but you toured overseas um, and danced with Danish and German um, performance artists and, and companies. Can you tell me a little bit about who they are that you worked with and the types of performances that you were doing? Yeah, um, in, both in, in New York and then um, for a couple of years in Europe, I was working with independent um, small companies. Um, I think it, in every case, they were, they were three to five company members. Um, and um, yeah, it was lovely for, I mean, particularly in Europe, um, but also with Troika Ranch, we did a lot of, um, of sort of short run tours, um, residencies in different cities in New England or around Europe. Um, uh, we toured to the Middle East, to Mexico. Um, and it, yeah, it, it, these, you know, this is, it, the, the dance spectrum um, has sort of expanded into a pretty serious overlap with theater um, that in Europe is just called performance um, at this point or contemporary performance um, that is usually movement driven, which makes it um, lovely in terms of multilingual touring, um, but is, yeah, is getting beyond what you think of as, as dance in terms of a certain lyricism of movement choreographed to music um, that, that happens too in the work that, that I was doing with these artists. Um, right. But it, but it, a much more expanded vocabulary as well um, into movement theater and physical theater. Well, like, so in the, in the opening, I just have to go to this. Um, th there is, uh, let's say, Troika Ranch, um, where it's a leading live interactive technologies dance company. And yeah. I imagine when I said sound, video, lighting, it's triggered by the dancers on the stage. It is, can you just explain that a little bit more? <laughs> I'm sorry, I am in over my head on that. <laughs> yeah, the, I think a simple example illustrates this quite well. There is um, a, a piece called Ren Rien that um, we, we would wear elbow pads and knee pads, just, just sleeves with a little um, filament sensor and, it, and what it does. It, I mean like, you know, sensors or, I mean like, or digital sensors just track some sort of change of state and the sensor tracks an angle change. And so if, I, if my arm is straight, it's quiet. And as I bend my arm, it goes from a drizzle to a downpour in the sound score that it's, you, you hear rain um, in the music. Um, and so, and it's, it's completely tied to the movement versus you know, standard choreography where you have either recorded or if you're very lucky, live sound being played by, by musicians where, you know, where the, the, you meet in the middle um, in terms of the timing, in terms of the, the nuance of delivery. Um, and with this, you, you have this incredible control that you're actually, you know, as you are executing the movement that has a, its own, you know, visual and kinesthetic aesthetic that's, um, that's at play, you're also, you, you're actively playing the sound score as a musician without needing the skills of being a musician. <laughs> um, and, and then, then another, another, sorry, another company that you worked with in Germany, I thought was very interesting. We had spoken before and you said man copy is mm -hmm. a, it's a play on the word company. They just mm -hmm. 
uh, rearrange the letters, I forget what that's called, but yeah. uh, man copy. Now, so did you do the same type of thing with them in Germany or are they a different type of dance performance? Um, two different companies. Man Copy is based in, um, was based in, in Copenhagen at that time, um, is now actually based in Lebanon um, most of the time. Um, I think that's where Jens Gerigard, uh lives. Um, and he, he's frequently in Denmark, but I think is working from the Middle East. Um, and then separate from that, Ben Ripa in, in Germany. Um, and they're, I, I think they're, they sort of define lovely sort of spectrums of work that I was that I was engaged in in Europe. Um, that, on the one hand, uh, man copy is is definitively contemporary dance um, with lovely um, sort of dance theater um, scenes as well. Um, but the yeah, the manner of physicality is very much in a dance technique um, structure. And with Ben, um, his work had I mean had moments of of very lovely exquisite dancing. Had extreme athletic physicality. Um, and then had, yeah, just, I mean, very simple, I mean, like a scene where we were, where we stood still for about three or four minutes and the, the lights did the choreography. Um, and a, this, a lovely scene set to a, a bombastic Ennio Morricone um, theme from a spaghetti Western, where we're as far from the audience as possible against the back wall doing these like tiny little things that, I, don't, I mean, I, I think it looks like many different things, but the image that I was always working with is a, a base relief melting slowly, like some like Michelangelo, like, you know, carving that is, that's just like that pieces are, are falling off. Um, and it was, was very gestural and, and nuanced and, and sort of petite. Um, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and so you took all of that knowledge and you decided to come back to Colorado and start control group productions. Mm -hmm. um, and you also opened the Packing House Center for the Arts. Um, can you go into that a little bit? Um, how it all came about and how it, what you're doing <laughs> with that? I, 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 it's just yeah. kind of out of my wheelhouse. Um, so for the, our, so our company is now 11 years old and our first five years, we, we ran two different venues, first the Packing House and then Workspace Denver. Um, and our goal with that was to, to have a space that we rehearsed in and then performed. Um, and by, by having, the, having it be a single location, we could work site specifically, we could build out, um, I mean, we never, well, I guess at Workspace, we started doing pretty extravagant sets that would take over the whole space for a month. Um, but we, it, it allowed us to, to have the work exist in a, in a really definitive context. Um, so that it wasn't, um, you know, I think most, most touring concert dance, you just, you, you assume a, you know, a 35 by 50 foot clear space, maybe you bring some set with you, um, but you need to be able to pack it all up, put it in a truck, get to the next location and unpack it over a short week of tech rehearsals and then perform it. Um, and the, it, that, that, is a lovely model, but it is it gets really thin in terms of getting beyond just the bodies and a usually like black curtain broom. Um, and so we, yeah, sort of from the beginning, we were using what were set up as black box venues um, with um, with a, a sort of a site specific sensibility. Um, and then in 2013, we took audience on a bus tour through multiple outdoor sites and realized that 
there was theater, that there were venues all around us um, and that it was really, yeah, that there was something really enlivening about just getting out into the world and having the, the art happen sometimes in very dynamic public space where there's um, circumstantial viewers that, you know, people who didn't buy a ticket or know that this was happening who were just walking through. Um, and then an opportunity to use just incredible, you know, outdoor and also found indoor spaces across Denver. And so for the last five years, we've, we've really been itinerant. Um, we don't have a home. We, this is our studio here um, out in at my home in Lakewood where we rehearse about half of each work and then we move into the, the space that we've secured for it to, to be performed in. Um, right. And that kind of adds to the experience, you know, the venue's changing. It's not going to be the same. Sometimes it's indoors. Sometimes it's outdoors. And um, I, I know that I'm sure people are wondering why I brought you to a fashion show. Um, but you worked with me on High Style. And that yeah. was a fashion. I think that was one of the last shows before everything um, closed down. Um, it was an immersion of fashion, social justice, are environmental, um, environmental and conscious decisions as way of, of purchasing mm -hmm. things. Our designers, um, Pact and Cato Momolu, are both sustainable fabrics um, using best practices. Um, so we definitely brought you and your team in. Um, and so when I hear companies now that we're here um, are looking for ideas, to promote their brands, um, fashion shows, et cetera. They, they're, they're looking to engage with their audience. They mm -hmm. have to get creative. They have to do things that are new. And I'm like, that's control group. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. Um, and so can you explain uh, how you start your process when collaborating with companies who are looking for a new direction? How do you um, work with them in that manner? Yeah, um, I mean, I think in in our own work and in our um, sort of consulting um, work that is that's really not about our artistic voice. Um, in both places, we I mean, we just sort of we take everything as the collaboration, and that um, the we work much less from like some grandiose vision of a of an amazing art we, art piece, and instead we you know, we, we, we see as part of the artistic process that, you know, the conversation about what, you know, what's the purpose of this event? And then what context does it need to achieve that purpose? What elements does it need to achieve that purpose? Um, and so that, you know, I mean, ideally we're finding the, a, a site and a, an advertising um, structure and a, a way that the audience is engaged once they arrive. That's, that's all about the, the core purpose, whether it's, um, you know, presenting fashion or a, or presenting one of our works or, um, you know, hosting workshops or, um, yeah, or conversation, you know, uh, panels and seminars. And I think it, well, I mean, I, I, sorry, I, I yeah. was just jumping in because my brain immediately went, that's, that's amazing. That's why we work with you was the first thing you said was, what is it that the brand or the company that has approached you is trying to achieve and mm -hmm. how can you work towards that um because i think quite often a lot of people say oh this is the newest latest thing i'm just waiting to do it if somebody hires me i'm going to do that no matter who that company is and um i, I think it just speaks volumes of control group that 
you don't need to have, I mean, you have loads of things in your pockets, I'm sure, but, but you will go off of what is it that they're trying to achieve and what's the best way to do it. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's always, you know, part of part of the job is, you know, I mean, if, if you're directing this fashion show, I need to climb into your head a little bit. But more than that, we, you know, we have this thing that's floating between us that is that's the event and the, the project that we're working on. And, you know, my, I mean, I think my goal in, in any, anything that I'm doing and this, I mean, this, I think this gets into like making coffee in the kitchen or, you know, reading a book with Levi is um, <laughs> the sort of, yeah, how, how are we, how are we, how are we finding creative problem solving instead of just sort of, this is the thing, if it doesn't work, we cut off this piece, we cut off this piece and we jam it in. Um, right. And, in, and so, you know, thinking of, I mean, like, you know, I, in, in, in our work together with High Style, I, I was collaborating with that space pretty intensely to work around HVAC, to work around um, just the, you know, the very live architecture, the, the fact that we didn't have an elevated runway. Um, and that was just lighting, but it was, you know, it still was not just, okay, just lighting. Here's, the order, hey, here's the invoice, we deliver the product. It was, it really needed that dialogue and understanding this spot is, is going to need highlights. You know, we, we aren't set up to highlight every, every point along the, the runway. And yeah, so finding, you know, both hearing from you, me being able to tell you, this spot's impossible because there's an HVAC that hangs eight feet over the bottle's heads. Um, you know, that, I mean, that, that becomes, I, I think, just part of the, yeah, part of the art making and the, the production process. Um, and, I, and I love working with you because no matter what I said, um, you know, I like to do interesting things. People that go to the shows, they know they're going to get an interesting show. You're just like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's figure out how to do that. And it yeah. wasn't, why would you do that? That's not what people normally do or, you know, just trying to fit it in there. You are very open and can find creative solutions and just a joy to work with, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like that, I mean, that mentality always, you know, it runs into end points that are, that are <laughs> impenetrable sometimes. Um, but it usually ends us up with something that's bigger than we imagine. That's more like, that's more, more grandiose more replete than if we just imagined it and then and then built it based on the, the vision. Um, right. So. Well, and, and Control Group, you're a nonprofit, is that correct? We are. Okay, and you've presented over 100 projects by yourself, mm -hmm. touring companies, local um, artists, and this year you had grown to 20 collaborating artists, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and both of your performances, uh, as I said in the opening, The End and Cavalcade were postponed. Um, can you tell yeah. me a bit about uh, what happened with each of them, what those, those shows were, um, how they were postponed? Go into that a little bit. Yeah, it's been a tough couple months. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know, yeah, lots of, lots of learning along the way. Um, the End is a project that we've, honestly, we've been sort of dreaming on um, since the show I mentioned in 2013, where we hired a bus and drove the audience around. We realized that was a really exciting structure and one that we had not mined half of the, the excellent opportunities available in it. And so we 
I, I think the moment that we closed that show, I said, as soon as we can put another zero in this in a in a production budget, we will do this again. Um, and that's sort of what we've done. I mean, we've been on a pretty amazing growth trajectory over the last five years, and um, and so uh, just over. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, we decided that we were going to do this in 2020. And the vision was is a, a bus that is driving an audience through Denver as if Denver is mid-apocalypse. And um, sort of, you know, part of it was very, was fun and sci-fi and um, some sort of humorous notes. Like the, the we, we had this conceit that the, uh, that when you are on the bus, it's a conflation of a band on tour, a political campaign, and um, and an, an apocalypse survivor um, community, um, and that we are sort of all three at once. And um, yeah, we got to. I think it was by March fifteenth that we were looking in the face the fact that even if things got better pretty quickly, there. Well, yeah. First, that there was a huge amount of risk. Um, there was just an extreme uncertainty. We weren't sure whether we'd be able to open the show if we continued to work on it. Um, and Is that with the end or cavalcade? That's with the end. Um, okay, right. And so we so that really was at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, and and I think I mean we we realized that you know regardless of whether we wanted to keep working on it, working over Zoom um, on a project that was really ready to be getting out into its sites, and you know this the stay at home order. Um, we, we were really clear, we're not going to do anything illicit right now, even if we could functionally keep people safe. We simply, you know, we, we often enter gray areas where, yeah, where we may be, we either are transgressing technicalities of the law or we are just, there's not quite a, a, a policy regulation that applies to the weird activities that we do. Um, <laughs> we decided in this context that we really were following the letter of the stay at home order um and yeah just and that we needed to put put the end on hold um right. and so we just sort of put the project on on ice and are looking to see when it can come back um but we were set up to to run a production we had personnel hired we had um you know we we were capitalized for an event that to, to open in in june and we we had, I mean, we, we made a, we did a good amount of consensus, consensus decision-making over the last um, couple months. Um, often it's um, just me making decisions or um, our two associate directors, um, sort of the three of us um, guiding the, the organization. And with this one, we, we decided really that, you know, our main goal is to keep these artists um, working and, um, and, you know, both, you know, paid and practicing their art. Um, right. And so we sat down with everybody, asked if they wanted to do an ad hoc project that we were at that point totally unsure whether it would ever see the light of day. Um, and everybody said yes. And so we rehearsed over Zoom for six weeks. We, um, we looked at a May 22nd opening when we thought that the whole state was coming out of stay at home when Polis made his announcement. We pushed that back to June 5th um, and we yeah, so that it, I, I don't think I've marked that clearly in this long monologue. Um, this now is the show Cavalcade, which was much more modest in scope than the end um, and was really focused on simple joys and on a, a safe way of bringing people out of isolation um, 
in the yeah in the stay-at-home orders yeah. and um yeah and just and finding because a way of coming back into like had everybody a on a bus right yeah and that i'm very happy that we put that away because that's still a non-starter um psychologically as well as as um you know legally um and, and for sure everything that the cdc is saying i i would not get on the bus with those people and i sure wouldn't invite anybody else to to get on there right now um, right and so then so, you had cavalcade and that was like a self-tour um mm -hmm. and it was definitely safe and and then yeah. you decided to not you decided to postpone that one as well and so what we ran into with that is we were we were at, we were working in in some of the the gray space that is that is we've worked in very often um, in terms of um, using public parks um, as sites, and we we always check in with Denver Parks and Rec, and every time in the past we've been told that under a certain number of people that there's really not an issue, um, and we made the decision to go even a step further, not have the audience enter the park at all, have them stay in their vehicles, which um, happened to be on on different pro you know the parking lots were not parks and rec property in the, the right. sites that we were looking at um and but we got you know we, we got deeper and deeper into the permitting process there and at an arts and venues site and um yeah i finally got just a, a very blanket statement that any organized activity at a denver park is not not possible um, and that, at that point we were already, we were into early June and the protest movement, um, was through its first weekend and clearly picking up steam. Um, right. and so, I mean, we, as soon as that happened, we canceled a week of activities, um, in order for, um, several of our, of our company to participate in the protests for, um, for all of us to just create space and, um, yeah, and, and lend focus instead of distracting in any way. Um, but we got to the end of the end of that week and the protest movement is still happily, excitingly, um, yeah, moving forward and, and not, um, sort of running out of oxygen the way that a lot of news cycles do in normal times. Um, right. and we, based on, on that and, and our desire to, to, yeah, to just stay as, you know, in a listening and participating role and not be doing other things that are, that you know that that really are not not nearly as relevant now that the protests have gotten people out of their homes um have brought them together into community for a much deeper and more important purpose than we were proposing um it it felt you know that there, there it was much less exciting to to actually experience this event um in this moment and and really didn't feel like the thing to be doing it didn't feel like a time for us to be um, making an artistic statement um and and we were you know we were facing a like a weekend of totally overhauling two of our five sites to get them off of denver um city yeah. park property um and just decided right. it was not the right moment um yeah and I, I i have to say that that is what i'm talking about when i open the show we have to work together in a thoughtful and meaningful way. There are a lot of changes happening, a lot of changes going on. We've got to work together. And I have to tell you, those are some tough decisions you made. Um, there are many things needed and um, I, I think they were the right decisions and I think it's wonderful. Um, so I, I know that I purchased tickets to Cavalcade and I just donated it. I said, that's fine. 
Um, this is also very important. Um, but is there is there a way that we can help control group? Do you have a way for us to donate? Um, yeah, we do. We are um, we're a nonprofit, and we are a member of Colorado Gives, um, which is run through the um, Community First Foundation. Um, I think the easiest way to find us is controlgroupproductions.org forward slash donate. Um, and um, yeah. Um, yeah, because I know that you were working with, I did read in the end, um, and I'm going to kind of read it off this. Um, you involved social engagement with street artists and formerly homeless housing insecure individuals mm -hmm. consulting around accessibility and emergency preparedness. And um, that's very telling in, of, of what is happening today. And I just, I thank you so much for all of your difficult decisions. And I can't wait to see what you guys do in 2021. <laughs> <Not sooner. laughs> I, I, I just love it. I, I was excited, but as you're, you were saying, and as is correct, there are many things going on and um, this is so very important to make space. Yeah, it's, it is an increasingly complex and uncertain world. Um, and yeah, I'm excited that I get to navigate it from this position of being an artist and finding, hopefully, I mean, you know, the number of responses that we've gotten from, um, but both for, you know, when, when we first um, announced the event, um, just a lot of excitement of like, a thing to do, something to get me out of my house. Oh my God, theater still exists. And, and then hearing just, a, yeah, a lot of supportive statements. I mean, similar to the one that you um, sent me right after we canceled um, that, yeah it's it's lovely to know that we are doing something that um yeah when, when the time is right when we can when we can actually align the uh the variables in this time of incredible uncertainty um that they're yeah that it's that it's doing something important for people um well thank you so much for coming on and taking the time i know you've had a couple of, a, a difficult couple of weeks and i truly appreciate it thank We're you so much through. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> and we can all make donations to controlgroupproductions.org um, forward slash donate. It's very easy to find. It's a big um, uh, button on there. I went there to see it. Um, thank you all for attending this week's Fashion Week series. That was Patrick Mueller with Control Group Productions. You can find Control Group on... Facebook, Control Group Productions, Instagram, at Control Group Productions, and Vimeo, vimeo.com forward slash Control Group Productions. Next week, I will be joined by fashion show producer and president of the Actor Equ Actors' Equity Foundation, Judith Rice. Judith Rice of Judith Rice and Associates. See you all next week, Monday, June 24th, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast, and 5 p.m. British summertime. Thank you all so much, and have a wonderful week.